Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field Report. Last week was a good start in a lot of areas. As reports come in from many growers, a big chunk of beans in the ground. Several guys were able to get 20 to almost 100% of the beans they planned to plant early actually planted. Some of the guys got the corn planters tuned up and ready to go in a few acres as well. Talking with the guys down near Arthur, a little bit of corn in the ground, but almost 20% of the beans already planted down there. Move on over there to between Springfield and Winchester. The crew over there, two-thirds done with beans, about 35% done with corn. Uh, some of the guys in Tazewell County finished up all their early beans last week, so big week on the on the bean move. As we as we go north, not as much planted, uh, not not seeing as much on the bean planting as we get north of Bloomington and talk to Bubba up at Streeter. He believes probably less than 1% uh, of anything planted, and what is planted is mainly soybeans. There was a lot of field work going on up there. Here locally, reports from several guys that have 30% of the early beans in the ground. Now, everybody's got a different recipe how many beans they want in the ground early, but it definitely was an opportunity to, to stick some of these beans in. We had a great first week for plot planting. We got all the early beans planted here at the Corn Soybean College campus. Um, we got seed treatment plots in. We got starter plots in on soybeans. We got our tillage plots in. We're looking at tillage and no-till and strip-till. We even got our cover crop plots in. So great plot day here. Matt over on the western part of the state over there at Ursa, he did some nitrogen plots as well as starter plots on corn and some row spacing plots on soybeans. We'll check in with Matt and see how things went over there in his area last week. So as we bounce around the, the state checking in on, on planning progress as far as our customers are doing, we're going to bounce over to Matt Neusterhouse who runs our branch office over at Ursa. Um, Matt, what do you got What do you got going on over there last week? How much progress did you guys make? Yeah, we had a pretty good week. Uh, things kind of started here towards the tail end of the week. Um, Friday, Saturday, guys were getting in the fields, um, starting to stick a few beans in the ground, leveling up some fields, um, and then kind of really took off on Monday and Tuesday. So soil temperatures were warm. Um, conditions were pretty good as far as planting. So there was a lot of beans going in the ground um, and some corn going in the ground as well. So um, guys got a pretty good head start. Now it's it's kind of up in the air as to what, what can we expect from this corn and beans that's in the ground. Because over here we got anywhere from two to three inches of rain. Um, the forecast is turning cold. So kind of our warm, sunny days are maybe gone for a while. Um, a lot of questions coming in on, on what what to expect from what's in the ground. Yeah, it's, it seems like if we go back in history, it seems like there's always a bump up in that first part of April, and then she comes crashing back down in that window of opportunity to, to get something done in there. It seems to be, uh, um, it seems to happen, but it seems to be small. Checking the GDUs, soil GDUs here on uh, Tuesday, with like 28 soil GDUs. Now, where do you find that kind of soil GDUs building, you know, in that uh, 5th, 6th of April timeframe? Um, you know, those were some big days to, to move things along out there. But uh, from uh, corn planting, you think more corn in the ground or more beans in the ground? Um, I'd say there's probably more beans going, going in the ground this way, just because most guys were waiting for, for warmer temperatures and maybe a better 
emergence forecast for the corn. Um, on the bean side, knowing that we can stick those in and leave them in the ground for three to four weeks and still have pretty good luck with the early beans. So, um, but definitely plenty of corn going in the ground in the area as well, so. We've had a lot of calls on, you know, when do we start, when do we stop? And, and we kind of gave the green light to get some corn planted last week because we had a long enough stretch to get that 48 hours of swelling out of the way, the imbibing of the water without seed chilling. Uh, working with our temperatures here, kind of recommended if they'd started planting corn to maybe shut it off uh, on Wednesday. And we were able to plant all day Wednesday. You guys got rain, I think, earlier in the day on Wednesday. Um, but that corn is, is pretty well swelled and in pretty good shape. But as these temperatures now start to slide away from us, we won't deal with seed chilling on the corn that was planted uh, in that window last week. Now, if you jumped the gun early on the corn, you might've got some seed chilling, but you know, by Sunday, we were in pretty good shape in most areas to, to get us above that minimum temperature of 50 degrees. Um, anything planted after Wednesday, warm with some of the western part of the state planted yesterday in the drier conditions where they didn't get the rain that's all going to be subject to the seed chilling now that's only one aspect right of getting it up we got the seed chilling and then we got to get 120 gdus um to get this corn out of the ground basically and depending on when you planted last week you might already have 60 70 80 of those gdus accounted for but from here on they could cut one two three a day so this corn could still spend a lot of time in the ground while it may not be ding from seed chilling, we definitely can lose the ears on those spike down plants, which was a big issue last year as far as our April corn, where we ended up with uh, plants emerging 45 days out. So that's, that's still in the balance. Uh, I think you'll find too going forward, if you planted some corn that was a little weak on your saturated cold or accelerated aging scores, I think you're going you're gonna to notice that in this cool weather. That'll be putting extra stress to that corn. From, uh, from that standpoint. We will get seed chilling on these beans that are going in, but again, seed chilling on a soybean doesn't seem to make that much difference uh, out there itself. So, so, you know, you think a big percentage of the guys who wanted their beans planted early, did they get that in or were, they, were there some holdups there? Yeah, I, th I think there was, there's a lot of opportunity to get some beans in. We even had a few beans around here stuck in the 9th, 10th of March. Um, and then the first window to test some ultra early beans. But as we got into this past weekend, soil temperatures are warming up and there was more, more talk of maybe sticking some corn in the ground. And that's where guys with maybe one planter had to choose one or the other. And, and some of those guys went to sticking some corn in the ground. And in some cases, cases, it was looking at the forecast and seeing some warmer days Friday, Saturday, and taking advantage of all of Monday and Tuesday um, warm warm temperatures. So um, in some areas, we may have got out in the field a little on the early side and, and got it worked and leveled when it was maybe just a touch wet in order to take advantage of those heat units that were coming up. Um, so there we might have less seed chilling and get the corn out of the ground a little earlier, but there may be some layers underneath those fields that won't show up until July, August. Yeah, I saw that around here. The dust was flying pretty good as planters were rolling and stuff, but uh, some of these fields that were getting soil finished or dissed, uh, you could tell they just needed another week probably. But again, on beans, that's probably not a big threat on corn. We'll have to deal with that out there in July and August. 
And, and uh, some of the guys did miss their window of opportunity. And, and one of the big issues was herbicide, especially on the non-GMO corn. We got wind blowing just about every day. So it knocked all our retailers out. Uh, it's not that the retailer didn't have the equipment to get there. He just couldn't do it under the wind conditions. So some of the, some of the process of figuring out how to plant non-GMO beans early is going to have to go back to thinking maybe more about your winter burn downs and how do you handle three windy days that um, you could have been planting, but the herbicides held you out. Yeah. And then of so course, it looks like this next week is probably going to be a good week to get caught up on herbicides um, once it dries out and we can get across the ground if we get those days where it's not so windy um, and then probably continue with some bean planting if we get the chance. Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's a good uh, plan to lay out. Let's get our herbicides caught back up. Uh, make sure that we don't get these beans out of the ground, depending on the herbicide combinations you're using. Uh, let's lick our wounds from one week of planting, you know, as far as uh, the things that went wrong with planters and things like that can be tuned and dialed in. And then um, if you didn't get all your early beans planted, my recommendation would go, let's start back in on beans when, when the field's dry enough to go. I probably would hold the break on corn unless you're just trying to get your first day willies out. If you do plant corn, again, accept the fact that, you know, you could lose 10 or 15% of the plants due to seed chilling. Usually it's around 10. Last year, you saw a lot of fields it was 15. And then of course you got another 10% that you can lose on your spike down plants if this thing spends, you know, 30, 40 days in the ground like it did last year. So I'm not as excited about sticking corn in as, as maybe going ahead and finishing up um, the early planted beans that you had scheduled to plant. Now, a lot of guys have broken their beans up into early planting and normal planting. Uh, and um, it looks like probably we're at that 60, 70% of our early planted beans are in the ground, meaning that guys uh, guys that had a plan, they, they'd clocked her off pretty good in a few more days, they would finish up their early planted beans. On the pest front, probably the, the first thing we're gonna be looking at for all this corn and beans that are in the ground is some of those um, soil insects like wireworms, seed corn maggots, stuff like that. So whether you were protected um, from an insecticide and, and seed treatment standpoint, and then starting to get cutworm traps out and figure out when those flights and when those moths um, are coming in to when schedule when those larvae will start feeding. Yeah, so, so if you haven't put your cutworm lures out uh, yet, they need to go out and uh, we need to start tracking the, the, the cutworms. Uh, those southerly winds are going to be pumping them in here on a routine basis as far as the way the wind blows. So we got to be ready for that. The wireworm, of course, it, it'll come back to the seed treatment and whether you had insecticide on it or not. And wirewormer tend to be getting more fears for us. We're losing more plants to wireworms. So as, as the scouts are out there looking for those wireworms, let's make sure that we're mapping them because uh, they're six year insects. So if they were giving you wireworm problems two years ago, they're probably going to be back in that corn this year. Were you able to get out and get much soil testing done, Matt? Um, did a little bit there last week um, before planting kind of opened up and still continuing to take new orders, um, new fields coming in. And I want to remind everybody for those, we're trying to get, you know, as much information from you guys as we can to help create the, the best zones, whether it's with yield map data, um, topography data, just history of the fields. Because when we make the recs, we kind of customize it to whatever you're doing in your operation. What, what's your starter capacity? If you're doing liquid on the planter, what kind of rates can you hit? What are you using for side dress? Um, how does your 
whole program set up so we can build um, a recommendation to fit um, your applications. Yeah, our for our recommendations are customized to every farmer individually. So what your retailer has for fertilizer, whether it's MES, MAP, DAP, or what kind of starters they have, what your capabilities are, you know, how much can you strip, how much you want to carry with the planter, how much do you want to side dress, we can customize um, your for our recommendation to every field, to every grower, if you guys just give us that information. It's not just an NPK, PH recommendation. It's, it's a for our recommendation that fits whatever starter or whatever passes you're doing. Uh, you know, if a guy says, I'm never going to side dress, we won't put side dress in that recommendation. Or if a guy says, I'm going to side dress, but my maximum rate is, you know, 90 pounds, we'll adjust the, uh, we'll adjust that recommendation to fit that. So yeah, that's a good point. The more information we can gather on the front end, um, the better recommendation we can write you guys uh, as far as going out the door to, to fit your operation. The guys have been out uh, sampling over here too, had pretty good luck at it. They did have to move west yesterday and they got rained out over there about midday, but uh, I think we're, we'll be back in by Monday going hard at it again. Well, with that, Matt, I appreciate the update. What's going on over there? Um, yep. Maybe we'll check in on you next week or the week after and see how far along you guys got then. Sounds good. All right. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.